Welcome back to the Key and the Light Podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in its title. And welcome back to another edition of the 12 Days of Barrel Picks. It's the 12 Day of Barrel Picks, my true love said to me. Please drink a sip, lot sip, of sip, whiskey. Sip, 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 sip. This is your host, Jake Hookie, here speaking with you. And as always, we have Wilson Razor Ramon Torres looking good in his Glencairn pin and sweater. Hey, young world. And also with us is our senior score correspondent from Scotland, Callum J. O'Donnell. I think we might have to go with Scorespondent. I'm all about it. <laughs> <laughs> I have the taste of whiskey, water, and coffee, coffee. right now. So, yeah, you I'm know. Getting pulled in three directions. Yeah, a nice yeah. little Lone Star beer here out of the great state of Texas. I love Lone Star. Today's, uh, well, the second day of picks um, that we're going to hear from. And then yeah. we've got a little bit more of water. Probably shouldn't say the second day because I have no idea when I'm releasing these. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, let's just, just a day. Arbitrary a number. day. Thank you a day. Much. But with us, with us today is the Urban Bourbonist, also known as Chris Blantner in the streets of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for having me back. As always, it's great to be here. I feel like I feel like from now on we need uh, a sound for you that's just going to be ding ding ding, and that's the Sunday night fight sound. <laughs> oh, I like oh, that. Yeah. I like that. Ding ding ding. Yeah, our fight went great. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that was great. <laughs> so many people don't know. <laughs> I'm so glad Avalar won. That's fire. We're gonna lay no, off. Punchy's thrown. Punchy's thrown. Please. We're gonna we're gonna lay off of that and see what, see what the people decide. <laughs> Y'all need to go outside, toss that ball around um, a little bit. But yeah, we uh, Chris has been on the podcast many of the times. I think they're right around eight or nine times and today we are here to talk about something he does um, in his spare time but also how he contributes to the whiskey world by choosing barrel picks with leo's liquor up in mayfair of chicago yeah. which yeah. Uh, we have a really special one today a brand that we all love here at this table we do have talked about maybe exhaustively i don't know maybe. sure well it's funny because we did we did uh one of the sundays before or one of the saturdays before christmas time all those weeks ago mm-hmm. we did a podcast and jake said to me before the podcast he was like okay um, so we can't talk about Pinhead today. <laughs> um, because it like always we, comes up. We we literally every time we're talking about like rides and bourbons that we like, it's someone's like, Oh man, I love that Pinhead, you know. Yeah, it's it's true. it's it's just one of those brands that have uh, really done something special. For I sure. mean, it's true. Just everything about it, I think I mean we were talking a little bit about the art beforehand, right? But yeah. what is your experience like what is your history with Pinhook, Chris? I, I like most people just just um, came upon it, you know, at the store, um, seeing it on uh, social media, and bought, you know, bought a bottle. Really, really enjoyed it, and then just continued to to buy more and more. And then they're one of those brands that's really kind of doing some innovative things. Um, yeah. They they have a, a vertical series that they're doing where they're releasing. You know, from age four to twelve years, um, uh, both bourbons and rye, and you get to follow like a a, a series of a pot of barrels as it ages from you know four to twelve years, and that like really kind of hooked me with them when when they announced that. There's this thing with the 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 pin hook that I feel like it has a trading card feel to it. Like I yeah. know that sounds yeah. I know that sounds insane, right? But like all these other whiskies, like even even with my own with Aberlauer, you know, the the expressions are on the shelf and you look at them and it looks like a bottle of whiskey, right? But when I look at Pinhook, when I look at that first label and the horses and the and the different labels mm. and even just the even just the design, the way it's all set out, the different color of the waxes, it feels like a it it's almost like a collect it, it's almost encouraging that collector's feel, right? One hundred percent and I I think part of the reason they do it is 
is for that specifically because they know that, you know, this is attractive on the shelf. Like it is going to draw attention to it. There is intention behind everything they're doing with the colors and the shapes and the bottles. Maybe spend a little bit extra on that side of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's really a genius uh, way to market um, while also having meaning behind, you know, the, the color of the wax and the shapes that are on the, on the bottles mm -hmm. and all that. So they've done a really good job of, of doing that for yeah. sure. Yeah. And how did you get your relationship started with Kush from Leo's? Oh, that was just... Thank you. Uh, kind of doing my thing on a Saturday morning, kind of hitting, you know, some liquor stores here and there. And yeah, and just how I spend my Saturday morning, yeah. Jake. You know, going around liquor stores, examining <laughs> their whiskey collection. I do that Monday That's through true. Friday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I do Monday through Friday. Yeah. Saturday morning, I'm usually in my bed <laughs> yeah. watching HBO Max. But Chris is like that. As soon as the stores open, he's taking yeah. the notes. <laughs> yeah. So I I um, was at a store that was near uh, Leo's. And I'd never been in there, and I was I was on Google Maps just <laughs> looking for you know liquor stores nearby, and I saw Leo's. I was like, oh, I'll pop in there, see uh, what it's all about. And I walked in, and it was like, oh, there's a he's got a pretty decent yeah. selection of yeah. uh, of whiskey in here. And I, you know, I had never been in there before, and Kush was behind the counter. I didn't know he was uh, one of the owners, and just struck up a conversation with him uh, over a particular brand that he had in the store and um, just kind of hit it off mm -hmm. with him and then just kind of stayed in touch with him, you know, went into the store, you know, every now and again. And, and uh, I, he gave me his, his uh, number is like, Hey, if you need anything, you know, just, just ask. And so we kind of just hit it off. And I asked him if he was interested in, uh, doing single barrels yeah. uh, picks because it's kind of you know uh, a way to differentiate your store and to and to kind of make a name for your store. And he had thought about it and kind of had some that were that were in the works. But um, I, I just offered, hey, if you need someone to help mm -hmm. taste uh, samples, or um, I'd be happy to do it. And and it's kind of been just exploded yeah it's just kind of gone from there and we've done i think i think we've picked eight or nine he's on his barrels at this point and that's in a in pretty the short period in of the time. last three months yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but that, that's of... amazing the way like that's one of the that's one of the reasons that i love chicago so much there's so right. many different independent stores and and this is like I, the northwest corner of chicago like yeah. the last yeah. the last yeah. street of chicago essentially yeah you know and that's the beauty of these local like local stores right, right you know right. you don't get you don't get that total wine you just don't you don't get it at the no. big corporate stores no. like it's it's nigh impossible these guys have got teams that are tasting their barrels whereas kushu's obviously found a new a kindred spirit and he's been like man i'm really really into this pinhook stuff let's let's taste these out you know right, right. yeah and then and the pinhook one came about i sort of had, had built a relationship with pinhook mm -hmm. just through social media and mm -hmm. and i had interviewed um sean josephs who's one of the founders and and um, the master taster blender sean josephs actually has and i've never i've never sat on a tasting with him and i've never met him either virtually nor nor in person but he actually has one of my favorite quotes that jake was mentioning the other day you know we we, we do these tastings all the time and when you get on the virtual tasting there are occasionally people that believe that they know everything there is to know about a specific whiskey brand but one of the things that apparently sean josephs had said he was like look at the end of the day guys if i drop you all in the middle of a distillery 
very, very, very few of you are going to know what to do. Like, you know, so give me a fucking... Including break. himself. Yeah, yeah. So, like, <laughs> yes. he's obviously... And I, as soon as I heard that story, I was like, yeah. Thank it's, God that's the Pendu the, guy because I love Pendu. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. No, the true genuinity behind the brand, oh, man, um, just, behind the man, you know, he's, it's, you can't help but become a fan, even if you aren't a fan of maybe of what he's bottled or presents. This to dude himself is just someone you really want to hang out with and show totally. And he makes some kick ass cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny that, um, that, like that one thing though just endeared me even more to it because the first time I ever tr- I ever tasted any kind of pinhook um, was back on I think it was World Whiskey Day this year back in May May 25th around there that was the first time you had it? yeah yeah, yeah. first time I'd ever yeah. had it and Jake brought some round and we were sitting outside in my place you know because at the time we were still like you know socially distancing we, we no one really knew much about Corona so we were just like okay let's just take it take it easy here and Jake Usually, you know, and everyone will tell you, Wilson will tell you, Jake will tell you, I'm not a big bourbon guy. I'm not a mm-hmm. big rye guy, whatever. Jake brought this stuff around and I was nosing it and I was like, what is this? Like, where does this come from? It's so citrusy. It's so like fruity. It's so, it's so full, you know? Um, And that since then I've been an, I've been an addict. You know, I was saying just before the podcast that a friend of mine's looking to get into bourbons and ryes and there's only one place for me to go. You know, it's got to be Pennyhook. It has to be Pennyhook. It's a good one to recommend for sure. I mean, between you know what they're what they're doing with the MGP barrels that they that they've purchased, and then mm-hmm. and then moving into um, you know contract distilling with uh, Castle and Key, they've they've really done an excellent job of sort of they're making this transition from you know the mgp that got them them started and then moving into their own you know unique mash bills uh distilled by castle and key and i think it's a really really well done transition um would you even call, I, I, i'm sorry i'll let you finish no, your no. thought the and i feel that there's not a transition to be made um the brilliance behind sean joseph's approach behind Pinhook is keeping what he has bought, sourced in this case, uh, introducing a vertical series from it while also introducing his own distillate yes. yeah. and keeping yeah. that alive. That's so true. That's yeah. brilliant because if you think about it, craft, if you sourced at one point, you're doing it just to bring in some collect, you know, sure. some, some print, you know, some money. And then hopefully by the tail end of you having those barrels, you're transitioning into your own juice, and everything in the past was just that. Mm-hmm. Um, case in point, Blonde Brothers, who we just tasted. They established an notoriety with their old Fangled and their old Nodder bourbon, or the Nodder series, and then while they were distilling and aging their own stuff. And then the Nodder kind of went away, dispersed because it became popular and it sold out. Now they're on their juice. Yeah. Where is the consistency of following yeah. there? That's the question that I have where Sean already answers that question with still providing the two lines simultaneously. And that's, that's such brilliant. a key to that's such a key to whisk, like so consistency brilliant. is something that I think we always understand. Consistency underrate, in quality, know? not so much in taste. Let's yeah. make the differentiation there because that's important. Yeah, yeah. Know? Of course, of course. But the like not yeah, not being not being consistently the same flavor, Correct. but being consistently really good. Yeah, very well said. Yes. Yeah, you know. So and it, sure. it's something that we take advantage. There's something that we take for granted, right? When we talk about whiskey consumers and whiskey drinkers, um, 
So talk us through this. Talk us through this this, yes, this bottle that you helped pick out, man, because it smells great. Yeah. This, so this is this is a five year old uh, single barrel uh, MGP uh, bourbon. This is seventy percent corn, twenty point five percent rye, and then the rest I think four point five percent malted barley. So <clears throat> I think MGP has two high rye mash bills. This is the lower rye of the two mash bills i think the other one is 36 percent. correct and just excuse my ignorance here but i think was it 20 anything above 20 percent rye in a bourbon that's a high rye considered yeah by that yeah. point yeah yeah i mean there's 20 yeah, percent. This, this is definitely high rye like rough you know <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, around yeah, the 20 yeah. percent mark you'll find Some, like yeah you know wild turkey calls their 101 high rye and it's like 12 or 13 percent rye okay so you know like many things in bourbon, it's up to uh, open interpretation. interpretation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yes, yeah, of course. yeah. But I would say this is definitely a high rye. Yeah. And um, you get, I think you get that that rye that comes through. There's, there's definite there's spice to it. Definite spice to this. This one, it's funny. I'm looking at my notes from from when we picked this, and it's it has stayed pretty consistent to mm-hmm. what what I wrote down when we picked this. What you write down when you picked this? So. On the nose, the um, vanilla and licorice, I I wrote down as mm. like two of the more prominent notes that come that come through on this. I've got like a really sweet, like f- like I don't want to say strawberry. No, I can see there's a, there is a like strawberry cream. Yes. Yeah, like yes. I'm really getting like a like a bright fruit on the nose. Yeah, so there's a there's definitely a fruitiness to it that I think was not there before. But I still get like the the vanilla, some licorice in there, um, and then on the palate, I wrote down like cherries, mm-hmm. some some citrus peel, um, like a green sort of woodiness to it, and also like uh, some some toasted peanut, and then just the the finish on this is just fiery and long and just cinnamon yeah. and just. The finish on this, I think, is incredible. The it first just... time I had it at Leo's, Do you I, have some more? I was oh, actually, please. I don't know if it was my palate. I hadn't really ate much of the day. We were tasting it together. We tasted it together, um, yes. We also tasted a couple other his barrel picks. And this one was harsh on my palate that yeah, day. It's and today, today, it's way different. It's much more mellowed out. I'm. It's breathing really well, kind of going down the palate. I get that woodiness you're talking about, almost like a... You after like a carpenter's done with his day, and that st- that stench stays in there after sawing and working yeah, all day. Yeah, the wood chip. Yeah, definitely, it resumes there, and that that's oh, you said strawberry creaminess to it, really, yeah. en- really enriching and tasty. And I don't, it doesn't taste as the high proof that is actually bottled at this time around. But that first time, I'm not sure if it was just that day. Uh, you and I both kind of thought it was a little uh, high and wheat proof. Yeah, we. I, I definitely thought it was stringent on the nose. Then stringent on the palate. It took me three sips to get a better gauge. Mm-hmm. Do you remember um, what else we were tasting that day? Sawdust. We tossed. We talked no. The other picks. Oh, we t- uh, the Just one maybe, eighth. Maybe the one eighth. Oh, that's right. The we untitled? tried the one yeah. eighth, and then we tried also the. Uh, Was it light? No. The oh, uh, old elk. That's mm. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we Good tried one. that one as well. You know, you know what I really get with this is that like some, that note, that kind of wood note where you you know when you're in like a in Scotland we have a lot of these kind of like pine woods. And mm. where the pine needles are all on the ground, and when you stand on it, you get that smell of yes. sap. Okay, like that yeah. kind of fresh Ooh, green sap smell. Mm. The fresh sap. That's what I've got there. Like I like that. Like a spring Irish day. 
And, I should bring Scottish to you, yeah. right? God, get me a big knife. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this country. I hate America. Isn't the phrase, isn't the phrase go that every uh, Scot wants to be Irish? Oh. oh, 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 oh. Got to keep these guys Hold apart. Back. Hold them back. Hold them back. back. We're not holding your room for you anymore when you return from the Caribbean. <laughs> uh, but that that kind of like crunchiness on their feet, like that smell of like yes. n- like the green and the the pine needles. I and the, do and the like that note. Know. That's a great note because for on me this comes across younger than five years. Really? Yes. Really? Yeah, for I can me. see that. Uh, for me. Um, fresh. Tasty. Take it fresh. Very fresh. Sean yeah, Wilson said fresh. it, not us. So. I will say, hey, Sean, you and I outside will toss the bottle around. <laughs> no, these, I, so many, many people have these bottles that I that I know. And the first impression usually is that it um, is a bit more aggressive than people expected it to be when they first drink it. This is one of those bottles, I think, that, once it's been open, and this one's been open for a little while now, mm-hmm. it's got a lot of space in there for some air. Mm-hmm. This one, I think, I think it really benefits mm-hmm. from getting some air on it. I agree. And um, it it changes from that first time that you have it when you when you open the bottle, like a lot of whiskeys do. Right. Which we just experienced. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, but once this one is open, it's it's just yeah. I regret not buying great. it that day now. Do you? I was honestly like, eh, I don't think it's... we weren't, we weren't I'm like, released. I'm like, you know, I'm sure Chris will bring it by and taste it with us. <laughs> um, Which is, yeah, he's a You see, they're we'll abusing you. Yeah. Yeah. They're they abusing still your have, friendship. They still have, they still have some. They have some. Yeah, there. they do have some. And what's a bottle of that, I think it's... 70? Uh, um, <clears throat> 70, I think 70 bucks. I mean, that, 67? Yeah. I don't, actually, I don't know. It's exactly somewhere between 60 and 70 dollars, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm so tainted with, with whiskey now that anytime anyone says a good whiskey under $100, I'm just like, oh, I'll buy it. Right. Yeah. Well, God, it's, see, it's interesting, it too, because even Sean has alluded to it. I think they posted about it about a week ago, and he talked about it in your um, tasting with him a couple weeks ago, how they're already seeing this essentially head into allocation, in a way. Oh, I mean, I mean they're wow. seeing the, whole, the trend, as, as, as if, line. well, the vertical series, how it's becoming so popular, it could fall on the lines with your Pappies and your Wellers and everything Correct. at Sazerac and Buffalo Trace. Oh, I hope Because not. it's getting, no, I mean, and who now is doing the $100 down payment to get all vertical series? Yeah, so you can... Um, go to sealbox.com. That's right. And they are offering... New sponsor of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're going to plug them here, but they are offering like... So this was a thing that a lot of people were were worried about is when it comes to the vertical series, which is the blend, which I brought as well for us to taste, is that once that hits like seven years, people are going to... You know, that age statement starts to grab people's attention. Right. And then... You know, as this thing progressive progresses, there's less barrels to create the blend from, so it's going to be an allocated product. So, cool. what are you going to do for the people at year eight through twelve right. to make sure they're able to get a bottle? Well, they came up with a plan with Sealbox. You pay a hundred bucks now, and that gives you the right from now until the end of the vertical to buy a bottle mm-hmm. every year when it comes out, which Brilliant. I think is Brilliant. is genius. Yeah. I mean, I did it. Seal balls are probably rubbing their hands yeah, together. I, I mean, I would spend $100. I, I Sean, $100. Sean's friends with the owner too, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, for 100 bucks now or, you know, uh, what, seven years from now to be able to get that, that 12-year bottle, right. that's totally worth it to me. The only thing is that 
the hundred dollars gives you the right. We just don't yeah, know what that you, price point right, is going to yeah. be. <laughs> True, that's exactly so the right. Do, the hundred dollars so like by ten year could be three hundred dollars. Yeah. So the, the hundred, the hundred dollars. Sorry, sorry, I've obviously not understood that. The hundred dollars isn't it's a down payment to guarantee it's you get just one gives of you the every right vertical. To buy the and 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 is that a deposit? Like, so they will take that off the original, the the eventual price. No, no, no. 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 So that's hundred dollars a ticket to get your foot in the door for the, for to the next, pay the price. For the next seven years. Yes. Correct. But think about it this way, like. Pinhook wow. thus far has mm-hmm. fair play. It's yeah. Box, man. And, but yeah, and, yeah, and no, if people it's, are yeah, doing that, it's $100 that? for seven years as well. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, I mean, you don't I have to pay it every under, year. Yeah. Understand the, understand the, the, the draw. Yeah. All, all across, all on all sides. Understand right. the draw for the consumer, for Sean and for, for Sealbox. But, there's an, also another part of me that's like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You don't know what the, <laughs> you don't know what it's going to cost, um, for that 12 year battle. I guarantee you it's going to be a lot more than what the five-year battle costs. But For sure. And a lot less as far as quantity. And there's less quantity. Yeah, so you're, but you're guaranteeing yourself uh, the opportunity to buy that bottle. So from a whiskey perspective, from like a volume perspective, I have no idea about Pinhook. Like if someone asked me, you know, what are they doing on a national scale? Do you know, or does anyone know, where, where Pinhook really stands with, with volume? Like how many nine-liter cases are they doing? I mean, because... That is, that is amazing to me that a brand so young, right? A brand that's so brand new. And, and I suppose it's a testament to how adored bourbon and rye is in the United States. Mm-hmm. And brands that, you know, brands that are, are, are doing things well, are doing things right. They're designing a brand. They're, mm-hmm. they're building a brand from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And while it might take them a little bit longer, you know, it, it really pays off. But, you know, how... How 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 long is Pinhook going to be around? Like, how long are these going to be around for us? You know, if because you were already saying that they're talking about allocation, all that kind of thing. I, well, one these... of my one of my pet peeves with with American whiskey is that a lot of things do go that way. That becomes mm. this exclusive thing. You know, it's true. Yeah. Well, these are definitely going to be allocated because there's only a limited number of barrels that they have that they're creating mm-hmm. this series from. Like, there are no more barrels after that series because they're using them all to to create this vertical so the mgp will be gone correct and um that's why they've started distilling and laying down barrels through castle and key and we'll have a completely different product compared to you know what the mgp is i mean they're doing completely different um mash bills than what they purchased from mgp um that's so so cool, it's just really. a yeah, it's just a it's just a, a really interesting way, like two paths, you know, that they're gonna have going for the next seven years. Yeah, and and for me, from a from a Scotch perspective, it's such an alien thought. I mean, in some senses, it's such an alien thought that, a, and it comes back to the point that we talked about, rather than consistency of flavor, consistency of quality, right? Mm-hmm. But that Pinhook can create a brand name have all these different expressions come out and people are so loyal to the fact that they know that that consistency of quality is there that now Pinhook knows, okay, we are making really, really good whiskey. It doesn't matter what it tastes like as long as it tastes, as long as it's high quality, we know that people are going to be into it and they're just kind of, they're just kind of rotating through flavors now, right? It's, Wouldn't you say that some Scotch distilleries are doing that? There I mean, are, but, but not, I mean, the, there the are. Is- 
technically doing that. that there are there are but not on not on a large scale there's no like that all the all the big scotch right. single malt brands are all like for example you think of glenlivet mccallan even aberlour right aberlour we have the abuna yeah but it's a it, people know that it's a small batch it's not and, stretching a series out i guess yeah, yeah and the abuna for the whole world is between 75 and 100 sherry casks per batch okay so you're only talking about what fifty thousand liters per batch Hmm. right like you know at at, at most whereas like pinhook is doing that with every single one of their their express and that it's a good way of putting perspective and but that but that that's what's blowing my mind right that's what's absolutely blowing my mind like when someone talks about abelard they're like oh i love the 12 or i love the 16 those have been permanent additions to our range for 40 years. They better hope that Castle and Key does a good job, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. But that's amazing, though. That's amazing. Very true. And if I may add to Chris's point, like, and in, in you asked the question as far as what are they having, what are they sitting on, With I can't divulge their business end of everything because I think it's unfair to me to do so. Um, but I can tell you that being part of the same distributor that um, Pinhook is with, or distributing house, I can tell you that they do anywhere between twelve to, if not three, two to three thousand bottles a year, or cases, I should say. Whoa! Really? In Illinois alone. Oh, oh my God, that's I mean, amazing. I mean, just a hundred. I'm sorry, I apologize. A hundred cases to two hundred cases a month in Illinois alone. Wow. You know, I can tell you that much. That's before they've started releasing the single barrels. This too. is before single barrel, like single barrel. Uh, we're talking about yeah. what we see on the, on the retail I, level and all that. Like, and you, and Chris, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm not really a whiskey collector. We were talking before. I'm a whiskey hobbyist, right? I'm not a whiskey. I'm not a whiskey obsessive. I don't really collect bottles of whiskey. I buy something, and invariably, I'll drink it within a couple of months or whatever yeah. it mm-hmm. is. But that. You know, talking about this brand, this is one of the few brands that gets me really, really excited. Yeah. And yes. it's purely because that one time in May, I, I tasted it and the taste, like once again, we come back to this. It's not mm-hmm. quality of, it's not the consistency of flavor. It's the consistency of the quality. It was just such a great taste in bourbon. And now like even talking about it and tasting this, this compared to the, uh, compared to other, you know, single cast, single barrels that I've done is just it's so it's so flavorful, and we've we've had these discussions uh, where I feel that pen, the, the the line alone, I feel that it just plays to everyone's palate. There is yeah. something for everyone. Really in a pinhook line. Yeah, and this barrel is, I I do think this is a special barrel. Um, so a quick story about this, yeah, yes, particular yeah, yes. one. <clears throat> so. We tasted, uh, you know, several samples when when we were when we were picking this one, and the day that we first tasted, there was kind of a lot of stuff going on at Leo's, and and like he Kush was a little distracted. Mm. I was getting distracted because he wasn't able to pay attention to everything. So we tasted everything, and we we said we like this barrel the best out of what we tasted. But let's reconvene in like a week, and like when things are a little bit more calm and we'll see if this is truly the barrel that we like so we came back like about a week later and we we tasted through everything again and we started to waver a little bit and we're like we still like this one but there's a second one now that we really like as well mm-hmm. and so we're kind of going back and forth and we we left and we're the, and the barrel that we have here we said that's our number one but we're not quite sure Maybe we'll do a, th- a third tasting. Mm. 
and uh, in the meantime, between you know the first time we tasted it and the second time we tasted it, I had a little conversation with Sean. I was like, hey, this is the barrel that we're that we're we think we like. You know, it's it's really really good. He's and he said, yeah, you you did good. That's <laughs> that's a good one. And I said, you okay, like, well, yes! I was like, okay, well, <laughs> can you explain? And I don't know if I should even be talking about this, but I'm I'm, I'm going like anyway. Exclusive, please, yeah. Um, he said, well, you know, he has someone that helps him at Castle and Key evaluate barrels. Uh-huh. And, you know, he evaluates barrels, and then they kind of come together and, and they compare notes and, uh-huh. and say, you know, hey, these, these are the barrels that we think are the high-quality single barrels. And he said, the one that, that you really like, it's, that's an A-plus barrel. That's like one that and – and that's one that he picked as an A-plus barrel. That's Trish one that – Trish in the back just part. Yeah, the that's, the, that's the one that, the, that his – you know, the guy at Castle and Key that helps him evaluate barrels picked it as an A-plus barrel. And then they came back together and compared notes. They're like, yeah, that's got to go into the single barrel program. Amazing. So that's so funny. That I mean, great. yeah, and 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 awesome. and we and that's we great, from the beginning said we think that's that's definitely the one. Um, I he did say you know the other one that you like is is really good mm. too, but your front runner is is top notch. It's it's just nice to get like the, the affirmation. Yeah, the yeah, affirmation absolutely. that like absolutely you are picking a really good barrel, and we think we think it's really top notch. Not that anything. That you would have picked would have mm-hmm. been bad, but we do think that that one is is like up there among the best barrels. Which is a testament to what the single barrel program for everyone and or anyone yes. should to play to. It should be special. It should be. It special. should be special. Yeah. yeah. And I've mentioned this gentleman's name hmm. um, in a previous con- one of the last podcasts that we did at Fountainhead at Castle and Key. His name is Brett Connors. Oh yeah. And he is a very talented young man. Has a a sensory skill set. That I I just I know that name will resound in years to come yeah. in Kentucky in some capacity or just in the blending process um, uh, that, for Pinhook and so Castle and Key themselves as well. I'm so jealous because um, you know we don't really do. I mean, we've obviously done cask exclusives for Chicago mm-hmm. and for California, and you know there there might be something coming out soon, but. Like, you know, I, I love that process of, of those single battle picks, oh, yeah. you know, where people get to pick their own. It's such a beautiful, like, process. And it's really special. You know, every, you know, like you were saying, it should be special. And even even off-trade spots, you know, like a lot of these liquor stores where, you know, whether it's Leo's or um, one of the, one of the big ones that always resounds to me is Warehouse Liquors, obviously down in the south, on the south side of the of downtown. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got massive amounts of... of uh, of single barrel picks and yes. it's such a special thing for an owner to be able to do that and say that they've got their own stuff and oh, yeah. obviously now with women who whiskey taking the taking your guys stuff mm-hmm. like it's a really personal moment i think for people that are really yes. into their whiskey absolutely and it's great that you've been able to help kush with that with with pinhook and yeah i mean it's it's just a really really cool aspect of of bourbon slash rye at the moment and i just want to say like you say me helping Kush, he's helping me. Like right. this is this is like he's making a dream come true yeah. for me. Like yeah. I, I want to know like how do you feel about? I mean, I know this brand's close and endearing for you. Yeah. How, how do you feel after the fact that you see this out on the shelf and people are enjoying it? Uh, I'm like, I'm blown away. Like, and to see like my name on the yeah. Yeah. on the uh, on the label, and the same thing like with 
with the one that I picked with with Wilson from Union Horse to like see my name on a on a label. Like I never expected that, but Kush is like, yes, you like you helped. You, I'm putting your name on it. Like I never asked for that. Mm. He suggested it, and I'm like, you know, you just think about it. Like, do you really want to do that? He's like, absolutely. <laughs> so like, it's been a it's been like an absolute dream come true for me to be able to to do this, and and Kush is enabled me to to do these, and right. it's it's so much fun and so it's so gratifying to, to see it, you know, on, on a label, especially of a brand that like you really, really mm-hmm. like, you know, exactly. it's, it's amazing. It's one to put on the wall. It, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> it's really, really cool. Until I actually need to buy a bottle just to like, just archive to keep it. Yeah, or something. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's such a shame though, eh, that like, there's part of me that's like, I always get this, you know, if someone gets a really nicely engraved bottle yeah, or if someone like gets like a really special label, that's like, and you know that, and you know that all the whiskey in there, like for me at least, I know that that whiskey has to be drunk at some yes. stage. Oh, absolutely. Like for yeah. me, you know, you're saying archive a bottle. I could never do that because I don't I think I can actually. It would either. burn a hole. It would burn a hole in the back of my mind, like knowing that I have this really special whiskey, and like I'm sitting there drinking, like I don't know, like I, I, say I'm say I'm drinking an Aberlour twelve, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah it's just lovely, blah blah blah. But then it's like I hear this voice in the back room. It's like Gallop. And I'm like, I look over and there's my bottle just waving at me just, yeah, and it's got yeah. the label. And I'm like, oh yeah. God, I know it's going to be really tasty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. I have nothing that I've purchased that I'm like, I, I'm not opening this. I have bottles that are unopened, but just because I haven't yeah. gotten nothing to them. The right time. But, yeah. there's, but there's nothing that I've purchased and been like, I'm just going to buy this to buy it and have it i i that's just not me is it safe to assume when doing a barrel pick because i'm sure we've all been part of a barrel pick mm-hmm. um when you lay out like for instance when you do a pin hook what he sends what three to five samples possibly mm-hmm. you know or scotch how many samples do you guys send out for a barrel pick do you know they don't really have them. Uh, we don't have bar- yeah, well for, for for Aberlour, we don't but um, you know, for example, smaller brands like uh, like Longmore, Longmore. Rayval, okay. Abreval, Alavania, you know, they'll do, they'll, and it's worldwide, right? So sure. I don't know about the US market specifically, but they'll do hundreds and hundreds of these samples. You okay. know, but I, I guess the point is more is like if a brand sends you. 10 to 15 samples like whoa oh to one retailer you mean yeah like, yeah usually 12 i think i think 12 that, that's, okay. a that's, between, that's a lot that's a lot yeah mean, between eight and 12 like but 12 is usually the the key you know they'll have 12 barrels see i have this big. weird thing about barrel picks and if they send you more than five oh, yeah, samples so hard then it's like are you not confident that there's yeah. a a, pos- a great barrel within these these five or are you just wanting to make sure you're covering I would hope it's the just they're red, covering it but you know but yeah. it's, it seems a little overdone the last one I sold I gave them one sample they liked it there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean that See, would be that's, that's the that's boss but it, that's yeah, the yeah, boss that's you boss turn up and you're like here right that's boss we'll talk about fuck. that later yeah, conversation. Uh, yeah. yes. that person's coming on the podcast to yeah. talk about Fabulous. it so. yeah. but you know that's what I'm saying I'm like man do I really need to go through this because like you know I do how Sean goes Sean goes through and he documents this, which I love, and that we can all see his process. That he's going through 20, 30, you know, samples from barrels, and then not for specifically for a barrel pick, but what am I going to blend next? Right. 
you know. It's a confidence within yourself and Correct. your team, and also for him, what he's chosen. Correct. So it's just like, okay, but within that, that goes into this bottle. But when it really comes down to a bottle, in this case, what Chris and Kush has picked, that has been we've indulged in, that was one of a few. Maybe you can take us through your process of picking a barrel when we highlight Union Horse Stilling Co's. That's <laughs> very short and pick. sweet. <laughs> but I, I, honestly, like this is something that I, uh, I was thinking about the other night. Um, something I was thinking about the other night, and I, and I mentioned it on one of the tastings that you know that process. Sometimes we convolute it so much. You know, it's so easy to get bogged down in the weeds with like. This one has, you know, X, Y, and Z flavors. This one has one, two, three flavors. But, you know, I think oftentimes when I taste things, I will know immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or no. I, I know immediately. I just know. Like, I taste it and it hits the right spots and I'm just like, okay, this is, that's me. I'm in. Yeah, I, I'm, sure. I'm, 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 I buy into this, you know. And, like, to come back to Pinhook, all full circle, that was what happened to me in May. You know, I, mm-hmm. I noticed it. Yep. It smelled good. I tasted it. And the first thing I said was, yes this is the stuff yeah and i feel that for a lot of people especially new newer newer people or people that are hobbyists as we mentioned before it's really easy to get stuck in the weeds with that stuff you know whereas like these barrel picks these barrel samples i think you taste all five of them you're going to know right you're going to know which ones you like and then it's just about narrowing it down and then obviously once you get to one or two left then it's about okay all right we can talk about like the the intricacies of it but for me especially a lot of these battle picks you know i won't name names but there's been some that i've tasted before in the past that i'm just like nah like i don't feel it i mean because what was your experience with the others that you tried yeah like other barrel picks well the barrel oh in in regards to this one in regards to this one they were they were all they were all really good and two two were just what we thought were pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And then it was just choosing like, like Callum said, it was just kind of choosing between those two and figuring like, I mean, I guess from Kush's standpoint, he needs to think about like his customers coming in, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking, you know, and I'm, and I'm trying to put myself in that position, but I, I am a customer. So I'm also thinking like, would I buy this? Um, of course, you know, I'm biased because I'm picking based on my palate, but, (laughs) but, uh, you know, usually you can tell, you know, when you have those samples, like you can, you can pick out pretty quickly. I feel like you can narrow it down to a couple pretty quickly and then decide between those two. Um, but yeah. Hmm. Any final thoughts on it? Again, just, so much love for Kush and Leo's for yeah. for you know allowing me to to participate in in picking these uh, right. with him and what a wonderful experience for me. Awesome, well said. Well, um, another twelve days of barrel pick is wrapped up. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow with another episode. But for Chris Blantner, the Urban Bourbonist, please check him out in Sunday Night Fights, where Ab- where Abelauer Twelve was just smashed by. The good old Star Wars Nova. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. It's coming up and coming. And for Wilson Torres of Union's Horse Distilling Co. and Callum McDonald of Abelauer. Woo! Thank you for joining us again, Chris. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs>